Welcome back to one more, and we all go. I'm Frank. I'm Brad. I'm Sid. How's it going, Sid? It's going good. How about you guys? Good, good. Glad to have you here in Skinny Calf Studios. Yeah, yeah. It's not a very big studio. I'm kind of uh, claustrophobic here. <laughs> well, size doesn't matter. Yeah. Are you really claustrophobic? No. Oh, I was gonna say. No. Yeah. When I <laughs> built it, the idea was it was just going to be me to do my my radio show from here. No, now you've got to schedule all no. your podcasts in your yeah. For people. That's right. You're booked twice a week. Right, right. So, well, we're here in the studio again. We've got our good friend Sid here. Sid, you have a good drive down? Make it all the way across town? Yeah, I made it a whole two blocks. Outstanding. Outstanding. You know, we, it kind of sounds like people either live miles away from this place or just around the corner. Right. Yeah, I don't think anybody's had to drive more than two miles yet. <laughs> I don't think. I think you're right. But uh, Sid is the only one who brought uh, his own beer plus moonshine. You're right. He's the only one who brought his own beer. Yeah. Wendell brought some booze, his his uh, no, crown. No, upstairs. Or, oh, you had that it? That was my booze, yeah. Oh, he brought it down. Yeah, Frank brought Claimed it. Claimed it. Yeah. <laughs> right, he brought it down. <laughs> he brought it down. Yeah, this is mine yeah, now. Right. <laughs> good. Well, well, Sid, so you're, uh, you're a good friend of mine. I think we've been friends. I think you've known me since I was born probably, haven't you? Yeah, pretty much so. Pretty much so? You and Adam were pretty good buds, clear through school. Yeah, we used to hang out all the time. Spent a lot of time at your place growing up. But uh, one thing that came to mind just the other day when we were talking about doing the podcast, uh, you and my dad worked together at the local machinery dealer here for a long time. We did. And and Frank's father-in-law. Yep. Bob. And uh, I don't remember if it was my brother or I, but my dad told me the story that you had candy in your desk drawer. Uh, it was your brother. How did you get that drawer open for the well, kids to get candy? Uh, well, the drawer locked. I hold the center drawer shut, and he couldn't get in it. So I got him where he could He'd bang his head on the wall. Or on the desk, and then the drawer would open up, so he got where he always come over and banged his head on the desk, and it wouldn't open one day. So he says, how do I get candy? I said, you got to run across the office and ram that front door going outside with your head. And he bolts across the office, rammed his head, and your dad comes out and chews his butt out for being an idiot. He said, what are you doing? He says, no, just trying to get a piece of candy. And the drawer was open, and he got his candy, and I'm like, <laughs> I remember Dad telling me that story. Like, I didn't know if it was me or Cody, but I remember it being funny. It was funny. Cody because I I can make him do anything just to get a piece of candy out of that drawer. So I hold the center door shut until he did something stupid. And right, I open up. He couldn't have been more than sixteen or seventeen. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he learned when he got older. Yeah, but you grew up here in this town. You're pretty much your whole life, haven't you? I did. I think we moved here when I was three or four months old. So was that in the same place your mom lives now? No, we lived down by the uh, rodeo arena. The train used to go through there. So when we was kids, we always sat there and watch a train go through. Sit on the bank train. I was run through there all the time. I have a hard time believing you're that old that there was still a train in town. I am that old. I feel like it was. It went came... right by Pergie's Pantry. Pergie's Pantry is down around the corner by the three gas stations, and the semis would all be lined up because they'd be they, there wasn't an interstate then, and everybody hauling grain to the city. Yep. All went through there, and they'd be lined up both sides of the highway, both sides, because they'd stop there when they hauled cattle to the, to the stockyards. Back yep. when the stockyard was big, and then they'd all be at Perky's Pantry, so it was cool. Where was the east-west line at where the cattle went west at? I don't know. I don't hmm. know where it was. Yeah, I, I've always loved those uh, pictures and film from those days when you could see the trains and before the interstates and that stuff. Yeah, the old stockyard was really cool, too, when that yeah. was all big and operating. I mean, but, biggest one in the country, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. Yeah. When my, my dad was young, he worked going to St. Louis, and they always, you know, when they moved cattle, they always used bull whips. And dad always said he could pull cigarettes out of people's mouths with a bull whip. Really? So he had me hold a twig out in the front yard one time, and I don't suppose he picked one up for 20 years. So I got a, maybe a three-inch twig out of my hands, and dad takes a whip and cracks it and puts it right out of your hand. I'm like, wow. <laughs> <laughs> that is I'm glad you didn't need practice for that, Dad. Right. <laughs> Maybe start out with a four-foot stick. Yeah, yeah, no, uh-uh. Here you go, son. Hold on to that. Don't move. Yeah, right. Don't don't flinch. <laughs> There's no way. Yeah. There's no way I would have not. Yeah. Just, oh, yeah. Then, like trying to throw a firecracker or something. Well, when Ryder and Beth do that uh, flower act, he's got, she's got a petal in her mouth, and he plucks the petals off the flower from her mouth. And uh, why she's yeah. holding it, and he's pretty damn good. He's he writer in uh, Beth from the uh, Entertainers podcast yeah. episode. Yeah. yeah, he said they'd always pull cigarettes out of each other's mouth, and they had a smoke hanging out when they were riding. Woo. What, yeah. what asshole started that? Well, I don't know. <laughs> what guy just galloping along? You're yeah. like, look at this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know that didn't work right every time. Right. Yeah. The first guy <laughs> lost the tip of his nose. And you know, you know, when that that crack of that whip 
what that is you think is a whip, but it isn't. It's when it breaks the speed of sound, and oh. that whip breaks over. What you're hearing is a crack. When no the, kidding. When the end of a whip flip comes over, it breaks the speed of sound, and that's what you hear on a whip. The, the crack is like the sonic boom. Is yeah, what they would call the crack it. Yeah. is the sonic boom. Huh. Yeah. I did not know that. Son yeah. of a biscuit. It isn't. It isn't uh, the whip hitting itself. It's a, it's the speed of it. Well, I didn't it think we'd learn sound. physics today. Well, you did. You learned. It explains physics. that uh, sound in the locker room. <laughs> from your hips? Yeah. <laughs> my hips. No, when, we're just snapping people with towels. Yeah. When you're doing the helicopter, yeah. right? right. Whoa, slow down. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I got three inches of lift. <laughs> so so you, you go track. up here around town. You've got uh, a few siblings, right? Yes, six brothers and sisters. Holy shit, I didn't know you had that many, and I've known you my whole life. Yeah, I'm number two. Okay. Six. My older brother died, what, four years ago? And my younger sister died two months ago. Oh, the next man. one younger than me, two years younger than me. So there's four of us left. Right. Carl's the youngest, and then there's two girls, or two girls yet, Carl and me. Yep. And so did you guys all get along pretty good? Spend a lot of time together with the kids, the whole family? Not bad. We don't yeah. get together as much as we used to. But well, I mean, you know, when you were kids hanging out. Oh, I don't know if we got along or not. Yeah. But, <laughs> you know, you get lost in the shuffle with six kids. They're all about two apart, you know, two right. years apart. So... You're kind of lost in a shovel, so you do your own thing. Right. Yeah. When, when did your dad start his shop down here? He had the whole time I was growing up. He always had his shop here at Skank's Repair. His name was Skank. Yeah, so Skank's yeah. Repair. He, uh, it was a nickname. He must yeah. have started. I don't, I don't know when he started. It must have been in the 90s. Okay. Mid-90s. Oh, okay. So it wasn't that. He, he had it down where, uh, uh, well, Bob Cabal had that yep. shop there. He had it there before then, before Bob. The Corey got it after that. But yep. Dad had that building down there, and then he got the gas station down there on the corner. Yep. And he cool. finished finished that until he retired there. You just got that Skanks Repair sign somewhere? No, somebody come and wanted to buy it. I think Mom sold it to him. Yep. Nobody thought they'd ever see a Skanks sign again, you know. <laughs> yeah. You know, when you had kids growing up, Skank wasn't a big deal, but... As you got older, Skank got pretty derogatory, so right, right. we heard a lot of guff out of that over the years. That was always my favorite is your your daughter. People were like, hey, where's that little Skank girl? Yeah. Like, you can't say that. Oh, oh okay. sure can. That's, that's her. We that's were her. at a party one time. My sister's in Plasmouth, and Todd and Tyler were there. And Todd and Tyler is always calling people Skanks on the yeah. radio. So we were there. So I took Tammy and Jenna up to him. Todd and Tyler said, hey, I just want you to meet uh, some Skanks. This is my last name. And he's like... How do you spell that? Like, S K and cases. Oh, that's freaking harsh, man. That's harsh. <laughs> so Monday on the radio, they're like, "Yeah, we went to a party down at Plasmouth the other night." He says, "We had some real skank there. <laughs> <laughs> some actual skanks." <laughs> we were at a restaurant in Omaha one night. Tammy and I went there, and there's nobody there. It's a high-end, nice restaurant. And we went in there and sat down, and we, we walked in. And I said, "I need a table for two. Let's see, can we have your last name?" We said, "Skank." She's okay. Have a seat right over there. And there's like nobody in there. Like, okay, why we gotta wait? And as soon as we sit down, she grabs a microphone and says, Party for two skanks, party for two skanks. And <laughs> she looks at me with a blank look on her face and she smiles. She's I'm sorry, that's the only chance I'll ever have to do that. <laughs> It'd have been better if it was busy. <laughs> it's a, yeah, you're not getting a tip tonight, honey. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, so yeah, you're growing up, you got your dad and your mom, uh do i know your dad had repair and obviously was in the stockyards which i didn't know either she but uh, clean houses for quite a while she worked at a grocery store and uh um, she had a bunch of kids so that took up probably yeah, she's pretty busy major that kept her busy and uh she worked at the grocery store in henderson yeah uh, i'm trying to think of who owned it the harbors and henderson in henderson the grocery store in henderson she worked out when we was kids and after that she just did odd stuff i have to think you know so this is the 70s right yeah. So going through town here, Carson was probably pretty booming. Main Street was full, all the businesses and stuff. The interstate was not through town, right? So, I no. mean, there was still a highway through town that yep. was busy. Yep. Uh, Main Street and Carson, as you probably remember it, in the 70s, you couldn't get on Main Street on a Friday night or Saturday night because there's so many cars going up and down. You, cruising, had, yeah. you had Juniors, you had Sparkies or Higgins at the time. You yep. had Club 92 that would be parked clear up the gravel road and up the highway on both sides. Was I it mean, pretty rough in those days? I've heard stories in the old, originally, you know, in the 80s, it was pretty rough. I mean, a lot of fights and... Yeah, it could get pretty rough. Yeah. Back when you had the 
rough people. <laughs> right. <laughs> the ruffians. Try not to name people here. but Back when Terry Shriver was there. <laughs> uh, before Terry Shriver, when Blummel was taking on the county cops, you know, and taking on two or three of them at a time, putting them, two of them in a the hospital for they got him in, you know. It, yeah. It, it got, it, there was a lot of rough people back then. It's just the way it was. Yeah. It was yeah. fun. I think growing up in those days would have been funner than today because now all the kids want to do is playing their damn phones and not getting any mischief. And you tell them, you know, how busy it was, and they have no idea. Right, because half they the buildings are gone. And you can and you can drive up the street any time of night, and there's two cars out there, and it yeah. used to be you couldn't get on Main Street. There's yeah. that many people. I, I hate to see these small towns die. I mean, just this yeah. morning my wife was talking about, oh, I want to go to Pittsburgh. I said, well, let's go to this place up here. I mean, got to help these small towns. I mean, yeah. these, these guys need our business to stay alive, our small, small town service. Yeah, that's... What pays for this is small town businesses. Right. Well, it, right. they just turned into bedroom towns because everybody yeah. has corporate jobs in the city. So yeah. nobody's out here anymore. And everybody buys stuff over there. They might as well buy at Walmart Target because it's cheaper and they buy it out here. So, you know. I, they're having a, a deal with that in Atlantic is the nobody wants, there's several open buildings downtown. Nobody wants to get a business downtown because everybody wants to be up by the Walmart. Yeah. Right. Which doesn't make any goddamn sense. No. You don't want to. Downtowns are beautiful. I love downtown. Yeah, Atlanta's got a great main street. Yeah, Avoca. Yeah. Have you been to Avoca's downtown? Yes. Their downtown is fucking amazing. Well, they had a huge yeah. grant for rehabilitation, I believe, yeah. didn't they? Yeah, they had yeah. a real big deal, but it's, it's gorgeous. Yeah, because they, they redid the cobblestone, didn't they? Mm-hmm. Or did, didn't they put the brick back down? Yeah, they put it. Right. Yeah, that'd be cool. Yeah, yeah I'd love to see these small towns make it. So, But, yeah, we're getting sidetracked there. Sorry about that with the hard-hitting issues. Yeah. Uh, but get down off the soapbox. And... <laughs> <laughs> so, what what kind of things did you and your crew do? Your brothers and sisters? Did you hang out with a bunch of other kids when you were younger, out of your you family, know, or just the kids? Or we were really family. My dad, and mom was really family oriented, so we spent almost all the time, five six nights a week, was on the farm at uh, uh, my mom's parents' place. So that was what we did most of the time. Dad loved to hunt, so we did a lot of hunting back then. Right. Uh, did you what you kill? Yeah, what's I mean, that? You eat what you kill. I mean, oh yeah, go hunt yeah, yeah. rabbit that hunt, night. Hunt squirrel, squirrel, hunt rabbit. You know, we uh, squirrel. the squirrel pretty good eating. Oh yeah, I love squirrel. Yeah, a bit nutty though, right? Oh, I don't know. Depends <laughs> if he did nuts or not. <laughs> yeah. My dad, was his kids, he'd give us all single shots and says, "Go out there, kids, and get a squirrel." And he'd sit down by a tree. And then back then, it was just open, open sights with no scopes. He'd lean up against a tree and be back there a hundred yards and. We'd be going around the tree, and you know, when dad would just sit there leaning up against the tree, pretty soon you hear popping a squirrel paw on the tree. We just let us kids chase the squirrels around the tree. It's like he'd, Joe Dirt. Yeah, he'd sit there and shoot them and fall down on us. We're like, damn it. Didn't, boy. Even, didn't even see him. <laughs> pick him up, take him back. And he'd shoot him right through the head every time. When we were kids, he practiced all the time so, uh, shooting, so he'd, he'd go, go down to the corn crib and he'd pull the nails out. And then they'd sit down there and set up on their 22s and dry the nails all back in the. In the side of the barn. That's a pretty good that, shot. That's what they did. That's, yeah. yeah. He loved to shoot. <laughs> that's, that's... Was he in the military? Did he learn to shoot in the military? Or He was in the National Guards for a while, okay. but, but he just always grew up shooting. It sounds like your dad was like a rodeo trick artist where he bull whipping and... Yeah, he, uh, he grew up with a little bit of his blood. Uh, Art Fritchu on the rodeo before Norm Grant or Norm Lewis. Okay. He owned it and he sold it to Norm in what, 78? Uh, I think so. That's what Jordan was telling us. I think it was 78. He sold it to him. But Art Fritchu was my great uncle. So he spent a lot of time with Uncle Art. Dad always, his horses that he rode to school was Uncle Art's old uh, pickup horses. <laughs> and they got too old to pick up on. That's what dad rode to school. It, those of you that don't know, Sid's not 95 years old. He just knows old people. Yeah, I know. I, old people are the best people. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> they got the best stories. But he had one that, he, that if you could never let him run because if you, if, if you let him run, you couldn't stop him while he was coming home. They got up. They milked 45 head of cows every morning, every night. So they'd be up at three, milk till time to go to school because they milked by hand. And then they'd go to school, ride horses back home. They'd milk till. Your dad milk. did? Dad did. Wow. Milk till they, uh, till wow. the, it was, you got done milking, then you, you do chores and you go to bed. And, and he was, went home one time and somebody rode up beside him and started trying, wanted to race. Well, it didn't work. His horse had a heart attack, died on his leg. Oh. So he's laying out there for a couple hours. And after dark, they had to go hunt for him. They finally found him laying out with the horse on top of him. The kid that was racing him didn't say, yeah. hey, I should oh, help he, him? He ran away from him. Oh. He left him. This horse had a heart attack and died. And the other kid kept on going. So oh, shit. Dad laid out there. They went back and got him. And he had a knee operation when I was a little tiny kid out of his knee redone because that horse had laid, laid on his leg I'll and messed damn. his knee up really bad. That's got to be a bad feeling, being stranded out there. Pinned. I was 
pinned one time under a oh I had a back blade to get on my leg a little bit. And, Would you uh, say a black lady? A, <laughs> yeah, a, black lady a big one, big one. Black lady. No, I was, I was jacking around. I got a track little lawn tractor stuck in a creek. Had a little like four foot back blade on it, and it's like oh I unhook this blade and I can drive through it. And I was trying to get it unhooked and the hitch came down on my leg and I was kind of pinned between there and the tractor for a little bit. It was like an hour and finally wiggled out of there but we, i thought this is the end this is how it happens this, is, this is it this is yep. how it goes down i see the light put the cross on the chair <laughs> it probably weighed 40 pounds I don't know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah right uh-huh so anyway you get to you're going up your dad was a not so good at raising horses racing horses i should say yeah it wasn't a good horse racer but uh so what, what kind of mischief did you get in? And I'm sure there was some through elementary and high school as you progressed. Did you do some sports? Oh, I thought we weren't going to talk about nope. mischief we got into in high school. <laughs> well, I remember El Camino. You, you, that King Car had that gray El Camino, had a 400 or a Ranchero. Yeah. That you used to tell me you guys, because that was when you guys could drive school well, vehicles. Yeah, we, they always had us take the school vehicle from down to Donny to get the football field set up. So we had that El Camino on that. It would run 135 mile an hour easy. <laughs> and we'd you're blow, what, 16 right, years old? Yeah, we'd blow right past the Donny corner. We couldn't get stopped that quick. And we'd go right on down to the county of Applewood, I think the road is, and turn around and come back. We were smoking. <laughs> three 15-year-old dudes in a school car? Oh, yeah, El Camino and me were flat. Laying it down, we were running down the road. It's fun. That bitch, who was in the middle there in that El Camino? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know which three it was. Whoever the coach told us, you guys go down and get that set. Like, okay, we'll go. And it, it was always fun down there because we'd go down there and do that. And they had a uh, Eldon Samples was a was a janitor down there at the time, and he had a forty twenty narrow front, and we'd use that. It had a boom on it. On Which is an old loader. tractor, for those who don't know. It had a, had a boom on it, and, and we used it to set the bleachers. We set the bleachers all up because they moved them back out of there. We set the bleachers up. Well, Chiefy, Robert yep. Henry, and I, were, we thought it would be a good idea to hang on the end of that chain on the end, and I'll just spin in circles in reverse and, uh, <laughs> and fly you up in the air. Well, I'm wide open in high reverse on a 4020 power shift. Which is like 12 miles an hour. Yeah, and he's flying around. He's still hanging on. And Keegan's out there. The coach is out there with the kids at PE at the time. <laughs> and Chiefy, Chiefy's flying in circles. He's hanging. I says, you can't lose me. And I matched the brake. Uh-oh. And he flew like a helicopter. <laughs> we had to clear out on the football field, ground him, ground him in the dirt. And here comes Coach running over there. And, of course, you know Chiefy. He'd get mad about everything. He'd come running over ready to fight. <laughs> I was laughing. You can't lose me. Like I hit the brake and you, boom. He was, he was gone. Well, since since you brought him up, uh, I, you told me a story. You guys were out to tubing with you and Kenoki and him, and you drug him through a chiseled field in the snow. Oh yeah. And you said it just beat the shit out of him, <laughs> but you wouldn't stop. Well, back back in the day, in the it was seventies, and Andy Smith was with us, and a whole bunch. We had my old fifty-two Chevy pickup, and we were tubing behind it, and it just rained and hadn't snowed, and we're going out around the cloverleaf, and back then, you know, the, the state uh, scale was there, and all the piles of gravel was there. Yeah. So we we're coming around there, and Chiefy's riding a tube, so I cranked the pickup and whip around and shoot him over the gravel pile. And it, uh, they had ruts where they were backing in, unloading, and it, the ruts were froze, but there's no snow there. And Chiefy goes up that gravel pile, probably 20 foot in the air, and comes down and lands on his elbows and his knees. Oh. And he's laying there in a pile. We thought we killed him. And he's laying there because you, you couldn't kill Chiefy. He, we thought he was, he was laying there about in tears. And he's like, just pick me up and put me in a pickup. Take me back to town. I'm like, well, we can't put you in a pickup because the pickup's full. Because we had a whole bunch of guys riding in the back. <laughs> so he got back on the tube. We got to Raycar's driveway. Got to Raycar's driveway, 40 mile an hour. Boom! Chief, he's gone. He's launched. <laughs> he's back in the air again. No more tube underneath him. We just killed him again. <laughs> Which is, for those that don't know, they're 100 yards away from where they just killed him the first time. Yeah. And then went to the second driveway. Yeah, yeah he's an Indian. Nobody, you couldn't hurt him. Nobody would get off the truck. <laughs> no, sorry, you can't. Dude. Pickup's full of people. We're all full in here. back on the tube so we pick him up set him back on the tube and then we launch him <laughs> off the driveway <laughs> this would be an eight hour interview if we go through all them stories i ain't shit yeah that'll cover a lot of content that's fine that's fine part seven so what year did you graduate was that it been like 79 79 79 yes yep Nailed it. Uh, so, did you do any sports in school, or just uh, just run around school? Vehicles? I wrestled. I wrestled clear through school. Okay. 
wrestled 119 as a senior, 119 pounds. No kidding. Cut from 140 to 119 every week. Holy shit. That's Damn. a lot of 21 cutting. pounds a week I'd cut. How'd you do it? Did What's you your think secret? about not so, eating donuts and cheeseburgers all week until the nah, meat day? Nah. <laughs> I tell you what, by day three, after you after you got so dehydrated, you couldn't you couldn't swallow, you couldn't blink because you didn't have any moisture. I mean, it was right. But then I could weigh in and put back on twenty pounds before it was time to wrestle. You know, so <laughs> right. it worked right. out okay. <laughs> Had a weight advantage. Yeah, I was the best, but I did lesson. good. <laughs> yeah, it was it was fun. <laughs> So, uh, so you got through. You did some wrestling. Uh, any any more high school stories you're willing to bring up, or do you think you got to let the rest of them go? <laughs> no, we don't have that much time. <laughs> oh yes, we do. Yeah, we got we all don't night. Have that much time. And high school stories go on forever. The same time when we was doing that tubing, I have to tell you it's a couple tubing stories. We was tubing, and we run around the corner up where uh, Doug Allensworth or Craig Allensworth lives now. Yep, the northeast all, side of Carson here. It used to all be bushes. Then we had Francis Stark on the tube, and he just started hanging out with us. Cause so you're just tubing on the street? Tubing on the streets because it was just all ice. Right. So we, we go around that corner, and I run him through that row of hedges. And, I mean, it slid him from his ear, clear down his throat. Oh. We thought it ripped him. We thought it, he was done. He I mean, but he's still got a scar down his neck. <laughs> I, I run into him a year ago, the first time I'd seen him in 35, 40 years. I, Dude, I'm really sorry about you. He says... <laughs> I remember that. <laughs> you should. It's on your face. <laughs> so I really didn't mean to do that. So he got off after he got hurt, and Andy Smith got on the tube. We come by the RLDS church, RLDS church, and we turned to go south. That's where all the school buses used to park up against a bus barn. Yeah. The butts of the buses stick up in the air, and I whipped him around oh. that corner. And he come out around, and he swing goes underneath, and he sees the buses, and he lays his head down on the tube, and he goes under the back end of every bus oh. and comes out the other side. They had side. those giant tow hooks hanging off the back of them. Oh, yeah, he they? was clear underneath yeah. the bus, six foot, you know, oh. almost the rear axle, but he just laid his head down, and he went clear underneath all of them. I mean, if he would have had his head up, it would have took his head off. Oh, Jesus. And Andy will bring that story up every time you see him. <laughs> you about killed me on that. That was a blast. Were you, did you, were you driving the school at Camino at that time or your pickup? No, that was my pickup at the <laughs> yeah. time, yeah. yeah. Yeah, we did a lot of bad things back then. <laughs> well, it wasn't bad. It was just good fun. Any kid had a, th- a little, uh, what they call them, little plastic three tricycles they had oh, back big then. Wheels. Big wheels. Yeah. Uh, well, they were, they were gold back then. Yeah. The only problem was you get going so fast and your feet would fly off the pedals if you're going down a hill and so you just had to put your feet up in the air. Well, we'd start at the top of Broadway and we'd get on a bumper and we'd ride it clear down the Methodist Church and, or, and then they'd hang off right there by the Presbyterian Church real quick and we'd go down Broadway. How old were you at this time? Mm, 16, okay. 15, 16, yeah, 17. Yeah, you weren't 8 or 9. Oh, no, huh? No. <laughs> you'd go down Broadway 45 mile an hour and just crank the wheel when you got down by the flagpole and just whip shitties and then and the cops would tell you stop. You guys can't be doing that with all these cars because Main Street's packed on Friday night. There's big right. wheels going down Main Street 45 miles. Yeah, for those youngins that don't know, this is an 18-inch tall plastic tricycle that's got plastic big wheel in front and two plastic ones on back. They made a lot of noise going to 45 miles an hour, too. Right. I think it was Johnny Bat and I one time. We were riding on a bumper. We thought it would be a great idea to pass a car on the highway. So we were got on a bumper at the club. And we're going up the highway, and we're probably... On the big wheels. On the big wheels, <laughs> hanging on the bumper with our feet in the air. And we let a car into the slow lane, so the car we were hanging on to would pass. And then we let go, and we'd have our feet in the air, and we'd look at the car next to us and wave at it. And we're on these big wheels going like 60 mile an hour, clicking up highway. <laughs> buy those you've seen them on nitro circus you can buy those like racing ones now yeah. that they use for big wheel big ramps and stuff yeah. that would be pretty fun the, yeah i know they've got uh, they make adult ones you can rent but if we head down broadway we'd gonna end up through that uh, guardrail and into lee Bromley's old building oh we did that a lot of times on on skateboards too oh each per two people sit on a skateboard and you'd lock legs and you put one in front of you and then you could grab a hold of them, and you'd have somebody sit on your shoulders. We'd go all the way from the Methodist Church down around the corner, damn near down to the, on a skateboard? To the community building. Yeah, we'd hang on together and all running together. Holy we'd stack crap. this old tall two sitting on them, you know, with your legs locked together. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> run. If you wiped out, it kind of hurt. But Yeah, at least you're on the bottom. Oh, let's go again. Yeah. We can make it this time. Yeah, yeah. I hope the kids don't listen to this one, but that's, yeah. that, that took some balls. Or stupid, yeah. either one. It's just stupid. Well, I mean, the main street's, what, five blocks? 
from the hill down. Yeah. And so you get a lot of speed up going that far, yeah. especially on a damn skateboard. Right. And now there's cracks three inches deep in roads. You probably can't do it now. Yeah. Yeah, get let's talk about the infrastructure of this town. <laughs> right. Yeah. Let's talk about our tax dollars. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but, uh, well, no, that, uh, I, I like X Games as much as the next guy, but I definitely wouldn't head out on a skateboard down Main Street. <laughs> we were sitting down, him with that part of fall. <laughs> the guy sitting on our shoulder didn't have it quite so good. But... And that was before they invented helmets, right? A helmet? What's yeah. That? <laughs> <laughs> we didn't have helmets. <laughs> Hilarious. Yeah, and Halloween's back then were just, you can't believe what Halloween was like. This town looked like it was World War II after Halloween. Well, I remember a little bit that when I was trick-or-treating. Oh, you know, there were egg houses and TPN, and Main Street was still kicking at that time where it was busy. You'd unload big round bales and set them on fire going down Broadway and stuff. I mean, it was crazy. I mean, everybody <laughs> had cases of eggs. I mean, it was an egg fight. And where did the bales end up? Where'd they end up? Yeah. Laying in the middle of Main Street, burning. <laughs> that figured they'd run into a Broadway. car. <laughs> and he'd roll them out of the back of a pickup and just light them. <laughs> the pur- was it the purge? It's crazy. <laughs> right. <laughs> I remember one time somebody kept throwing eggs at us. It was a big, big egg fight. Big egg fight. I mean, everybody had eggs. Oakland come down to fight the Carson kids with yeah. rotten apples and eggs. I mean, that's just the way it was. And uh, oh, An apple would effing hurt. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They'd come down there doing that and... Uh, I seen I spotted somebody up on top of the building that was throwing eggs up on top of Davenport. Sniper keist up there. Yep. He figured out where the eggs were coming, so he said, Well let's go steal their eggs. So we jump up there and there's somebody up there in a mask. So I go up there and start trying to steal their case of eggs and they come up swinging. Now they're ready to fight. <laughs> so we're starting to scrap and I reach over and pull the mask off. It's Joni Lewis. Said you son of a bitch. We're like, I didn't know it was you, Joni. Sorry. <laughs> she had her own little spot set up there smoking everybody. That sounds like she would still do that today. <laughs> yeah, she still tells that story, well, too. Okay, well, so this summer, all the boys had these little Orby guns that shoot gel beads out of them. I don't yeah. know if you had any. And she was doing it at the campground on top of a camper, sniping little kids as they go by. She pop, pop, pop as they go by, and then she would duck right away, and she'd just giggle. And she's, what, seven years old now, 67? Yeah, close 70. 66. Yeah. The tiny little thing. She's what five foot two, probably yeah, hundred pounds. Yeah, dynamite comes in small packages. Oh, she's a Spitfire. We'll have to get her on one of these. Yeah, days. we'll have to get her on one of these. Yeah. Days. So, uh, Skid, first job you ever paid taxes? Oh, still I, waiting. No, still. no. I worked at uh, Omaha Imports in Omaha. I was fourteen years old. I ride to work with Dad. Um, Is that a human trafficking ring or cars? Yeah, or? yeah, yeah, yeah. It was clear out North Radio Highway. It okay. was a rough end of town. Yeah. And uh, I cleaned up cars over there, so I, I still got my pay stubs from it. Really? When I, was, when I was over there. Is that on the beginning of your resume there? No, I don't have that on there. <laughs> no, it goes way back for that. <laughs> so I uh, I worked over there cleaning up cars in the summertime. Ride to work with Dad. He dropped me out there because he worked at uh, Volkswagen West. Westroad Volkswagen. He worked there, so he'd go North Radial, drop me off. Then they had just bought them, so I cleaned up cars there. And then, so I was 14 because I could drive. Oh, yeah. But it didn't work out so good because the guy I worked with, he was an old stoner. He liked to drink beer at work. So at noon, we'd go to his house and he'd roll himself up a couple doobies. And then he'd get us each a quart of Coors. Or forties, the Coors. Yeah, <laughs> he'd set him in a he'd set him in a in a file cabinet so he had no work doing or drinking. Right. So I'm slamming a forty in the afternoon, working cleaning cars <laughs> at fourteen, and then Dad says, "Well, son, you might as well learn how to drive home on the interstate." So Dad has me driving home, not knowing you've been pounding forties all day. I got a forty hot beer in me, <laughs> and I'm trying to drive Dad home in the car. I'm like, "Oh my God, this is not so cool." <laughs> Every day, this guy. Yeah. Yeah. Every day, this guy had to get a cold 40. So he'd buy me a 40 every day. Like, oh, man, this is a job now. I get paid for this. (laughs) Can I just just take the two bucks? I got to drive home 60 miles. (laughs) It could have been two bucks for a 40 back then. I bet it wasn't two bucks for a 40 then. I. I miss 40 just for the nostalgia. I I wouldn't pay two bucks for a 40 at Coors right now. Yeah, that's true. I, I like a 40 to drink, I guess, because they're fun to drink, but I, I got a hard time doing them before they get all hot and bothered and yeah. not any good. In the 70s, 79, I, when I graduated, I worked for Bob Mass. He farmed outside of town here, east of town. Uh, I worked there for a year, 
and we'd take a straight truck to the city of scrap iron, take it over and take it to the scrap yard, Alders, I think is where we took it. And then we'd go to the Falstaff Brewery because he had friends over there. And the bottom of the keg was called Scotch Buy. You could buy a case of beer for four fifty. So all the money we got, we'd fill a straight truck clear full of beer, cases of beer. And he said a couple <laughs> a couple kegs in the back end, and we'd go home and fill the cave. So and it's the bottom of the keg of Falstaff. And I don't know if you ever drink Falstaff, but pretty think stiff. Of it, yeah, it's pretty stiff stuff. So and the it, bottom of the keg got more alcohol in it? I don't know if it got more alcohol, but it didn't taste that great. Yeah, the reason it was cheaper. Every afternoon at 5 o'clock, you'd go down to the cave and get a, cold, a hot six-pack out of the cave, and you'd bring it upstairs, sit under the shade tree, and drink hot six-pack <laughs> oh. scotch by beer. Like, So, yeah, you learned. Yeah. Desperate times. Yeah, because it was, what, 50 degrees in the cave? <laughs> yeah, 52. Yeah, 52-degree yeah. <laughs> beer. Then it wasn't the best beer. Well, so you're you're on to your at 16 by now. You've drank Falstaff in your 45s every or your 40s every day at work. Yeah, you got, so a, you got a drinking problem at this point, <laughs> right? Yeah, right. So then you did some wrestling. Uh, any more high school stuff? We need to. Are we going to move on to your uh, your 20s? Yeah, high school. I worked for farmers the whole time. I worked for old Carol Graham. Yep. Uh, Was that Norm's brother? The old Norm that Norm's just passed dad. away last Norm's year. Dad. Norm's dad. Okay. Norm's dad. And he used to always tell stories. So he was a good story. And you got to appreciate these old people because he'd always tell stories about everything the way it was back then. Yep. And he was on a cane because his hip had been broke. He uh, fell off a, a load of hay and hit the tongue and shattered his hip. But he never got it fixed and he had to keep working. But he'd go back and forth to... While he was moving? He didn't get run over? Nah. Uh, he fell under it, but he landed on the on, on the tongue and snapped his hip and he just kept on going so he's on a cane he can't move and he they uh floyd osborne used to always tell carol graham would go by in the morning 3 30 in the morning after he did his chores 3 30 on an old corn sheller and a steel wheels pulling his corn sheller and he'd be going west or the trainer to shell corn and he said he'd go shell corn all day long and he'd be coming back by after dark on that tractor and sheller going back home yep and going to do his chores but he used to have an old John Deere 70 and with a hand clutch on it and we had to put wagons in the alley with a corn crib where he'd just stand up on the tractor throw the hand clutch ahead and turn around and run it clear across the barnyard backwards straight in backwards huh you know how they do it yeah that's one thing Lowell's always better than me at uh I I'm a decent operator I can operate some machinery but my dad's still better backing up a damn wagon than I am a four-wheeler yeah yeah yeah, he can still do it. Yeah. You ever seen Jake Caval, the salesman, back up anything? Can't do it, can he? He no, he is the absolute <laughs> great. Like, yeah, he is. He did good. it. He did it one time, and I it brought me to tears. I was so happy. Yeah, he is watching someone. Good. Do I don't it. like it back straight up, but I. It's so much easier if you got to go into something. I'd rather do it at a ninety. Ninety, start, I'm in. Start ninety, I'm in. You can see it all the time. You yep. can always see where you're at, but back them straight up, like. I don't know how they always did it. We store our camper in uh, Avoca at the fairgrounds, one of the, the fair buildings. Yep. And it took me 16 times to get it backed in properly this year. And people watch me. I do it in front of an audience. People gather. I should sell tickets to watch how fucking horrible I am. That's kind of sad, Frank. I'm sorry. Yeah. No, well, if you could teach me. You should you have a boat trailer the boat dock. He's oh, great entertainment for people back oh, in the boat I love the boat channels. People, their whole Lexus rolling in there. And everybody's all sitting there, and their <laughs> right. chairs all set up, and their beer coolers are ready to watch people. Well, hell, we back, could go in there and make a summer in. income, couldn't we? Back <laughs> yeah. them in for them? You yeah, make a ton I, of I did that with Jake this summer. I backed yeah. in his boat because he was sitting in the boat to get put in the water. Yep. And it took me, like, five tries, and he just. Head down, shaking. Carol, yeah, people are watching. Carol used to tell about Carol Graham when the old when you hit them rocks just south of the bridge out there off the highway okay. in, the, in the river. That's the old road that they used to have to go across in their in their wagons. Okay, so, be south of Doug's house out here. Yeah. Okay. And then that used to be Det Stangsville house there, but the road went across. That's where the rocks are. That's where the road was, and you had to go up that hill. And straight up, the hill wasn't cut out then, so as high as that hill is to that stangs, how that road used to come up out of that river there. Yep. And he says when it got muddy, it was a hard pull. With tractors. But probably horses teams, before that, horses yeah. Horses and teams. Jeez. And then tractors after that are cars, but he says he went down through there and he had to go up that cut. Up yeah. over that hill. Yeah, that'd make a man out of you. And he was 83 when I worked for him, and we'd go out and check electric fences. He'd 
walk up there on his cane and he just grab the wire like this and hang on. Yep. <laughs> Send his cane flying in here, just shaking it, and we go yeah. down, <laughs> go down another hundred yards, and he'd walk up and grab it like that. Hang on. You know, if he it was working a hundred yards ago, it should have been working a hundred yeah. yards down there. We can find out where it's not working. He couldn't hear, so <laughs> we had he'd just grab it and hang on to it. Watch his hand jump in there. I air, tested but... Brad's when we were kids by peeing on it. Yeah. yeah. It was working. Work. It was working. You ever left a hot dog in the microwave too long? Yeah. That's what his wiener looked it like. It swole up. Burst the <laughs> When I was young. Hasn't, I hasn't no done that. <laughs> right. Took a piss on electric fence. Oh, I did it right next to him. Curled my hair and tickled my balls and made me shit my overalls. <laughs> <laughs> you can bring up that limerick on the radio Monday. Yeah, I was going to say, it's, we might call this one The Poet. <laughs> the Poet. <laughs> And I worked for Don Fulton after for three years, Farrow and Hogs for him and farming for him. Yep. Of course, Max was always there, so there's a million classic stories for that boy. But <laughs> <laughs> we want to put them on air. <laughs> so you're 16 by now? 16. Yeah. yeah. So you stayed busy. There was never no sitting around and watching the console you know, TV. I, I worked. I worked. That's all I did when I yeah, was. when I was have. I, I, I worked all the time. And I think when we started working the first time, we got paid walking bees like $25, 25 cents an hour. And I was pissed because I didn't get what the other kids were getting was making 50. Yep. And I, when I went the first time I throwed hay, I went to Chris, Chris Christensen out here, which is where uh, three miles out, you know where Chris's old place is? Christian, not a Christensen, no. Chris Christensen. Uh, he lived three miles out. The T road, first T road goes south there. By Sean Hansen's there? Uh, no, before that. Mm. Oh. Uh, uh, Les Royer lives there now. Yeah, yep. I'm familiar. He lived there. And he didn't want to hire me because I was too young. I was 13. He wouldn't hire me because I was too young. My dad says, let him work for the day. And you pay him what you think he's worth. So he let me work. He ended up paying me more than he did everybody else who was there. All <laughs> <laughs> the work ethic go a long way. I, I, you just, I, that's all you did. But I had a bale come off the top of it and it buried a bay hook. Cut, come off the elevator, buried a hook in my leg. And I still got a scar on my knee from it. And I kept working all day long. And he said, right. never had a kid could do that. He just so hired me. He paid me more than he did everybody else. Wow. Back in, you worked. That's all you did. Work. You worked. Right. Yeah, you had to. And I, I I miss those days because that's, you know, I grew up with a little bit of that. We always started working about 13 years old and I got my first job. And I, I try to do it with my kids. And my wife says, well, you need to take it a little easier on them. Let them be, let them be kids. And I go, oh, I understand that. But I'm tired of paying for their shit. Yeah. Kids find a way to be kids. We did. Yeah. Yeah. You get it worked in. Almost murdering your friends or? Oh, God. I only <laughs> told you two or three of the stories. I never told you the other 50 or seven, 60. <laughs> they get worse. So yeah, you're uh, you're 14, 15 now, and you're wrestling in high school. Did you do any good in wrestling? Did you get any achievements there? I, I did good. I think I went 48 and three one year. Nice. I, I did all right. I was good. I, I was the only one going to. I was in districts going to state, and I was the only one there. And I was tired of being there, and I didn't do as good as I should have. And I think it's my fault. I still regret that because I probably could have beat the kid. I think I already beat him once before. I was like I'm done. I've had enough of this. Right. So. But uh, it's yeah. burn out. Yeah, I was ready to be done. Yeah. So, so did did you uh, did you go straight into workforce after school? Did you go to college? Did you any school? I did. I went straight to workforce. My at my my college uh, my high school graduation reception. My dad says, "Well, son, you're 18 years old." He says, "You're out of school. He says, you can pay rent or move." I said, "Okay, I'll move." So I moved out the next day. <laughs> right. Well, I was talking to my brother about a year ago. Carl's 12 years younger than me talking to him about a year ago and he says i told him that story about dad did told me he says at my at my graduation reception he says uh pay rent or move out he calls says, son of a bitch did that to me too at my reception <laughs> right <laughs> yeah did the same thing to carl <laughs> didn't do it to our sisters but come right. on <laughs> what the hell <laughs> so pay rent or move out did so, you find some buddies to move in with no, i went straight to work for bob mass at the time and i moved over to by Griswold at one of his east farms. I lived in okay. the rental house there. So I lived there and I farmed right out of high school for a year and a half, two years. And then that's when I left there and went to Cars Machinery. Yep. Went to Cars Machinery for nine years. So this is a 80, 81? 80, 80, 81. Okay. Cars Machinery. So for, were you a buyer with them? What'd you do with Larry? Uh, Larry I did the everything gang. there. I worked outside uh, on the lot for years and I ended up moving in the office. And uh, I moved in the office, dispatched the trucks, 
Uh, Larry said one day, well, Sid, he says, I fired a secretary, bookkeeper. He says, you're the bookkeeper. <laughs> and I never had Shit, no, now I gotta learn I math. know nothing about books, you know, and that was back then. That was probably like, what, $20 million a year business. And they're like, well, I don't know nothing about bookkeeping, but, but you know, <laughs> it is all double, double ledger entry and it was all manual back then. So right. I just have to go back and look at a previous invoice and see how you, how you ledger it all. But I did that. So I, I worked there. I dispatched the trucks. I took care of payroll. All that good stuff. This summer, I found a red pair of Carson Machinery coveralls still in the basement that Lowell had. You did? Yep. I, I got them hanging up. The mice got into them a little bit. There's a hole chewed in them. White lettering. Yep. White I, lettering. I've got them in the basement. I washed them up, and I'll probably get them patched up, but I'm going to try to save them. Yeah, I will. I believe I would. Yeah. Just nothing else. Nostalgia. Yeah, because, I mean, you and Lowell and uh, Turner and Stevens and oh. shit, a lot of the good old boys worked in there. Yeah. Bob Caval, Randy Allen, Dean Hess, Kurt Edick. Larry Patrick, they were all in the office. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, hell of a crew. It was a wild time. I don't think I remember half of that. So you're you're doing the machinery business. Uh, when did you guys? When did you get out of there? Because I think it was what eighty. I'm guessing eighty seven or eight. I think when Lowell got out of there, wasn't it? Yeah, something like that. About eighty, maybe eight eighty nine. Because I was there for about eight or nine years, so I stayed there. Went to Farm Service Co-op after that. Yep, I remember that very uh, good. Co-op. I spent I a lot of time there with you. Floater operator there. For years, after I run floater for quite a while, sprayer, high boy sprayer, I uh, moved in the office, started doing some sales, little seed, and then I moved into the grain, started being purchasing grain for a couple of years. Yep. So those bins that you had there are the ones we yeah, bought that we house. moved down to our place. Yeah, your dad gave you bid a hundred dollars on it. Yeah, cost <laughs> He's us, the only one to bid. <laughs> cost us seventy thousand to tear them down and put them up That's in my right. place. Uh-huh, you're right. Uh huh. I remember that. Yeah, we still, we might overpaid it 100. <laughs> We'd have been better off just to buy a new bin and start over. So it did, uh, was that a pretty good place to work? Because you got a, they were doing a lot of business there in the we 80s, so it still are. Of, did a lot of business back then. Yeah, it was a good place to work. It was right. fun. We had Who, a lot of fun. Was uh, working with Kinkle then? Was he the? Ron Kinkle was the manager. Uh, Wendell was uh, yep. the head salesman there yep. at the time and run a floater. Uh, Mark Martins and I. I had several beers of Wendell last night. We talked about that a little bit. Yeah. Yep. Had a lot of fun. Don Putt was tender truck driver. Oh, bless his heart. He was oh a good old my boy. God, he was he, fun. So he just passed away, what, two years ago at 92? Yeah, 92. And he'd worked there until he was about 88, I think. Yep. First full-time job he ever had. He just loved it. Yeah. He was 88 years old, still driving tender truck in there, and they finally retired. I had a box of Charlie Pierce's antique or old Indian outfits and clothes outfits. I don't know, even know why I had them, but I had them in my pickup. And we had a guy down from Shelby plant to come down. He, he, they worked on our tender truck. But this is before you were Tammy. No, uh, this is this is when I was with Tammy. Okay. Then. And so Don Putt takes the Indian outfit, and it's a whole Indian outfit with the mohawk, mohawk, the whole leathers, everything. And he puts it all on, and I put the cowboy outfit on with the big old hat and then the gun holsters and the whole whole works. And this kid's underneath the tender truck working on it, and Putt goes running through there just screaming bloody murder. <laughs> no, I go through there first. I go through there screaming bloody murder. And Putt comes through with a freaking tomahawk and all the outfit on, and this kid rolls out from underneath the tender truck, and he looks... And I go through there just screaming and hauling ass in my cowboy outfit. And Putt goes through with his Indian shit on, just raising hell, coming through. And then we went and took our clothes off and come back. And the kid sat there and looked out at us for a while. And he just rolled back on the tender truck, went back to work. Nobody ever said a word to him about none of it. He had to go like, what the hell was that? <laughs> and Putt always wore at all time because when they redid this river bridge out here years and years ago, Putt would be sitting in this tender truck, and he had his Indian mohawk on. He looked like an Indian anyway, yeah. you know. But he'd always have, have it on. He'd go through there, and he'd have his mohawk on with the construction guys. <laughs> they'd look at him like the jet black mohawk. He'd be worn all the damn time. So, so you started talking about Tammy. I know you had a previous marriage. Won't worry about that. When did you and, when did you and your wife meet? I remember at the uh, wedding because your wife took us back to your house in Oakland after you got married. But I can't remember when it was. But we got married early ninety. We got married ninety four. Ninety four. Okay, because I went back 94. with Adam to your house in Oakland at that time. Yeah, I met her ninety two. I mean, we always we grew up the same age. We're same age, just five miles apart. In schools. We just hung out in different crowds till yep. then. 
Which it would never work back then anyway. Right. Now we both got a little age on us. We're in our, what, 30, 30 years old, 32 years old. Right. So well, Growing uh, up by then, you're 32. Well, I don't remember 18 to 30, so somewhere <laughs> after that. <laughs> right. Somewhere after that, I kind of started coming around. So, yeah, I met Tammy, and it would have been 92. Uh, got married in 94. Yep. Everybody come in co-op saying, oh, here, she's pregnant. So, like, she's pregnant for two and a half years, which is, I mean, that <laughs> was amazing. Right. Elephant? Yeah, that just don't happen. Right. But, yeah, here she's pregnant. You're getting married. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Two and a half years later, so we had Brianna. <laughs> Brianna. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. How do you like that? Yeah, so when did you start? You uh, It was after co-op when you started your service, wasn't it, your honey, honey I wagon? I started that when I was at co-op. Uh, a guy outside of town, had uh, he had two two manure trucks for sale, and I bought one of them. Explain to the audience what a, what you were doing with your honey I wagon. I liquid manure out of hog confinement, so I, I agitated it and then stirred it and hollowed out of the hog confinement. So I bought that as a sideline to business. And at the time, Wendell Hutsey was there yet. He'd, you know, he'd bought... Uh, tree stump grinder until he's grinding all the time yep and sideline business sounded good to me so i decided to buy a manure truck i bought one with the bank bank says yeah no problem and i agreed to the guy i said I, I'll, I'll buy them both if there's enough business right well i doubled the business on with one truck like why do i need two trucks i doubled in 90 days so i said i'm not buying the other truck i don't need it i can do it all with one really easy because the other guy didn't like to work so I bought that, and uh, it got to the point where there's so much work to do, and I was working for myself. Like, yep. why, why do I want to work at this other job too? So I quit co-op and, and hauled manure for 15 years. Now I remember the truck pretty well, but uh, if I remember, you told me a story. It didn't have power steering, <laughs> and his wife drove it, right? Yes, his wife drove it. Yeah, she drove it. <laughs> And you could see it. I mean, she's still built like that today. She had a, what, 18-inch steering wheel and them old things. Yep. You drove it like that, didn't you? Yep. Or did it have power steering when you drove I it? I think, well, I did drive it without, but it had power steering for the majority of it. Yeah. Whenever you'd see a gopher hole coming up, you'd plant both feet and grab old both hands and hang on because it had super singles on the front end. And when it hit you... It'd like throw your shoulder out of socket. He said I mean, you'd do everything you could do to brace yourself. Didn't you say it'd throw you in the passenger seat oh, if you were it, hanging on? Took you right across a truck. <laughs> it'd launch you right out of the driver's yeah. seat and just pull you, you on the other you side. Plant both feet and get a good set, and you hit it where you the, the hole was on your left side. It'd pitch you in the passenger seat. I wonder if you could have just steered around the hole. Yeah, but you had the three point even <laughs> even to get into driveways off the highway and into off the gravel road into a driveway. You'd have to three point turn sometimes and make right. a corner. Just yeah. It's brutal. That's so why I, them old guys were so strong to drill semi. Oh, that thing would make a man out of you. Trucks, so. I was in the National Guard for about three minutes, and I learned to drive a deuce and a half up at Camp Dodge in Des Moines. And the thing was, is they're like, when you drive it, keep your thumbs out of the yeah, fucking steering wheel. Yeah, you never put your wheel. thumbs inside. Don't put your thumbs in the steering wheel. Keep them out on break the side. It, it'll break. And I was like, like you hit right a away. you hit a rut that's going to turn those wheels, and you're going to break your thumb bust quicker than shit. No shit. Yeah, you never put your thumb inside. You always hung on to them like that. You put your thumb in there like that, and that steering wheel cuck just going to snap. Your thumb. Oh, that'd be brutal. Right? Were, were those automatics at that time too? No, it was. Mm. Find them, grind them. had four sticks or yeah. two sticks in it, didn't it? Four. Four sticks. Yeah. Yeah. How the hell do you drive that? I've never driven a four yeah. stick. Shift. <laughs> Did you ever drive Max old? I've, I've driven a two-stick with, the, like, a two-range and then five on the other side, yeah. You ever drive Maxwell's straight truck, the old red one he had? Yeah. It had a high and low range, and then you went through, like, one through three or something. It had a it, it had a one, two, three. It had a horseshoe on three and four, but it had a working four and five. So you went around, around the horseshoe and then back up there to high, but then you flip it and you go back down here. So it had a working <clears> four and five. It had a working four and five on it. The one that had that little welder body on it? Yeah. I remember that truck. But damn, I, I remember driving it, but Did I was pretty Did you miss yeah. gears when he got the high end? I must have. Yeah, because you were going <laughs> here and not down here. I, I, I still see those yeah. trucks over in trainer that that fella has yeah, at the no, old repair shop. It had a horseshoe in it. You come to the horseshoe, and then you, you work it. It's a, it's a working four and five. So you come around the horseshoe and go here, and then you go up there. And then you flip your splitter and go back to this hole and then back that hole. But that I see. I can't remember that. Yeah. Yeah. So... But on that truck, I remember 
uh, you'd had shoulder shoulder surgery and you needed help driving. <laughs> yeah, I called you to come drive the truck for me. I was fifteen, maybe. Maybe. But uh, you could shift gears, but you couldn't drive, and so I'd steer and you'd shift gears for yeah, me. I had my shoulder, right shoulder worked on. So would you sit on his lap? <laughs> no, he'd sit in the passenger seat because his right shoulder was fucked up. I'd tell him when to back out of it, and I'd shift for him, and he'd back out. <laughs> oh, God damn it, not like that. Yeah, I would, I would. I'd be like, damn it. He'd be into the throttle too hard, and he'd back out of it too quick. Like, oh, no, no, no. Like, I still think about that every once in a while. Like, God, I'm such an asshole. Well, we had summer work to do. I shouldn't have done that. I think we were at Hobson's working somewhere, but he couldn't yeah. do anything with his shoulder, and so I was doing the manual labor, and he was managing yeah, he it. hooked the hose up, and he'd hook yeah. the hose up, and he'd... Drove the truck and and I shifted from the left side. He'd run the foot feed and the clutch and everything. And, and it was all legal because the floater tires is an yeah, ag, ag equipment, yeah, so it, it was all legal. Yeah, it was legal. Well, legal as can be, I suppose, for farming. Yeah, yeah. St- limitation statute. You don't care if you drive down the road seventy mile an hour with a <laughs> right. off road truck. <laughs> so uh, yeah, so that was late nineties, uh, and you and Tammy got together in ninety four. Yep. 92. Bless her heart for taking on a charity case. Yeah, poor girl. But uh, so at that time, it's probably when you started going down to her family's place down south. Down at the Ozarks, yeah. So you ever had any fun down there? You ever do anything fun, exciting at the Ozarks? <laughs> yeah. 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 Once or twice, have you? Yeah. I have a few Chardonnays. I honestly, when I saw you down there this summer, that's the first time I've been there since I stayed at your place when yeah. I was 15. Right. But uh, yeah, yeah, it's a great place. Same old place. Yep. Yeah, it's a lot of good times. The, the the first trip to Lake bites you, you know. If you've been there for a while, that first the first yeah. day is, it's a smoker. Everybody comes to the lake the first day. They're just having the time of their life. The next day, it's really quiet. Yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> Everybody's healing up. Kind of punched their fun card the first day. Oh, double punch it. <laughs> yeah, we double punched it a couple of years ago. I think we got home five in the morning. On the boat? No, we went out. The neighbors wanted to go to the strip joint. You know, our neighbor next door. We go to strip joint, so we went to strip joint. Well, it closed one thirty, but the one down the road stayed open. We had to bring your own beer or bring your own booze. It stayed open till five. Thank God. Yeah. Thank good. <laughs> Tammy and We'd I be late for church. Tammy and I come crawling at five in the morning with him. We're like, oh, good thing we had Uber. And the Uber driver, the first one, give us his business card. If you ever need me, call me. Well, you, we were in the middle of nowhere. It was clear out the country. At a strip bar. <laughs> yeah. It's clear out the country, so we're zoning we're out. It's like There's no the, way the to movie get... George Clooney and Quentin Tarantino. Yeah. What the hell is that with the vampires? Yeah. <laughs> no, no way back to house. So we called him up, and he's like, "Sure, I'll come get you." He got dressed and got out of bed and come back. Got us, took us home. Like, Hold on, dude. You must be a good. Hold on, we got to go way back to this. So a strip bar out in the middle of nowhere in Podunk, Missouri. In the if you ever seen the movie Ozarks, that's probably where this thing was. Yeah, so, okay. yeah right. Exactly. Yeah. Which yeah. I apologize for that because the movie The Ozarks does not do the lake any justice. Which same thing we told Troy because that is a beautiful place with multi multi million dollar homes everywhere. But it wasn't filmed there. Right. It's all in Georgia, isn't it? So, uh, yeah, Georgia and Arkansas. Yeah. Both. Yeah, it's a, it's a neat show. They just have flyover shots. Of yeah, they don't the do lake. any justice for the lake because no, it is a beautiful not. place with lots of money down there. And you weren't riding in no cheap boat. No, no, that was a, it. Was a nice dinghy. This is another one that got away from us, uh, so you can continue the skank next week here on One More and We All Go. Don't forget to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Share with your friends, and uh, we'll catch you next week here on One More and We All Go.